Hello, welcome to Greater Talk. I'm your host, A. Young. Becoming your greatest self doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you have identified an area in your life that needs work and you have committed to doing the work. Welcome to Greater Talk. This episode of Greater Talk is presented by Lash City 318 and Talk is Therapy, LLC. Our guest today is a board-certified licensed therapist. She earned a bachelor's degree in psychology, then completed a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. She worked from a person-centered perspective and enjoyed creating activities that work for groups and individuals. She creates small books and self-health content for self-published and is currently a doctoral student studying prevention science. Today, I guess is Jamie Bailey. Welcome to Greater Talk, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for welcoming me. I'm really happy to be here. Great. I'm happy to have you. Jamie, I always ask again you know how you doing but this time I like to dig a little deeper so and I know you can relate because we look you're in a mental health field so how are you truly feel feeling how's your mental space I think my mental space is really good but I'm definitely in a more stressed space than I've had to be previously because I'm in the doctoral program and I'm finishing up my last two semesters so I've been working on completing my study and writing, you know, for the dissertation. So it's requiring a different level of self-care for sure. Yes. And we're going to get into that later in the podcast. But sis, congratulations, because you're doing something that is not easy at all. And I don't even want to know the challenges right now in life, <laughs> but I know that thing is hard and I'm going to go into the percentages, but congratulations. You're almost there. Thank definitely. you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. So let's get into an icebreaker. Okay. So okay. I do have an icebreaker question for you. Describe what you value most about yourself. About myself. And um, Jamie, this is not a humble moment. Like I want you to tell me. <laughs> What okay. you like. oh yeah okay so go all in it all right so what I value most about myself is that I feel things really deeply it's, mm. it's, it's something that before I couldn't stand it about myself because it felt like such a burden like feeling things really deeply but it's something that I've come to value because I realized that it's something that I've been able to use to connect with other people so. I feel like, you know, because I don't like to see people uh, left out or feeling like they're not validated or they're not heard, it allows me to really just put other things aside and just connect with people on a one-on-one level, even if I, you know, haven't known them for a very long time. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jamie, let me ask you something on the side, okay? Mm -hmm. So do you have this ability? Because, look, I've noticed this, and it's like a good thing. Then it becomes like this burden. Then it's like, oh, Lord. Okay. But do you have this ability that when you meet someone, they automatically tells you their life story? Like, is that connection? 
yes they tell me all their mm-hmm. business they tell me yeah. personal things and i'm like why do you feel comfortable telling me this <laughs> yes yes same here same here and look i i got we're going to talk about it but you you'll know why we have this this same connection in a little bit but yeah okay. definitely okay cuz i'm like i'm not the person that's just going to you know be at the grocery store and just tell someone all about my life story but i get that a lot i do yes <laughs> all right all right so working in the mental health field can be rewarding but yet challenging um i am not working in the space but i have successfully completed my master's in psychology that's why i asked you about that connection there thank you thank you personally i've always had this goal to change people's lives and working in the mental health allows us to do that you helping people manage their conditions and improve their lives so tell me why have you chosen the mental health field as your career option so i really think that the reason that i chose to go into mental health is a lot of small pieces but definitely started with the way i grew up Growing up in the inner city of Philadelphia, I grew up in one of the more rough areas that are not desirable. (laughs) So I I grew up seeing a lot of people struggle with uh, substance abuse, a lot of people dealing with mental health uh, issues that were never addressed. And it always just gave me like a really deep curiosity, like what's really going on here? Like why? why is it that people that look like me are not getting like the help that they need? It's like, Mm -hmm. at that point you can't even say like falling through the cracks. It's just like, there's no, there's no one coming to rescue or help any of these people. So, yeah. um, So that's one of the reasons that I wanted to become a therapist so that I could try to help people. Another reason was because kind of like you mentioned earlier throughout my life in high school and beyond, like I always had people come to me and just tell me their deepest thoughts and they would ask me for advice and I would be looking at them like, why do you trust me yeah. to advise you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I, I, you know, I found that even if I don't have the answers, because I don't have the answers to everything, I can't solve everybody's issues, but sometimes it's just enough for a person to have your support and just have you be there to listen and for them to lean on because some people don't don't really have that so just being able to provide that kind of helps people move into the next space you know of their healing absolutely absolutely so jamie right now you are on this journey of continuing your education you are working on your your advanced degree in 2019 okay 7.1% of Black people had their PhD. In 2022, that number only increased to 11%. So that's why I stated, like, it's rare. Some days I want to go back. And then I'm like, okay, I don't want to go to school anymore. We know what a master's program takes, okay? But you have done the work. You're almost there at the finish line. Why did you choose to pursue another layer of of education and tell us about this journey. Like I know it's been a ride. Yes. Yes. So I agree. Like when I did my master's program, I felt like it took a piece out of me, like a Mm -hmm. master's program in mental health, as you know, can be very, very draining and it takes a lot out of you. So I think the reason that I wanted to go back was one, 
I'm not one of those people that can be interested in just one thing. Mm -hmm. I've always had a lot of different interests. And so I kind of viewed it as, you know, I'll be a therapist, but at some point in my career, I know that the way that I help people will probably be in different capacities. Like it won't always be the same. So joining a doctoral program will allow me to have, like extend my reach further than just the people that I can meet with in sessions. And for this doctoral degree in particular, it teaches you how to evaluate programs. It teaches you how to, you know, take the research and really work on prevention efforts for different populations or whatever population you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And I just really felt like it was important for me to be able to be a part of decision-making and evaluating to help other people and advocate for people who I know would probably never have access to those meetings and be able to speak up and say, Hey, this is what would help me. This is not helpful. Wow. And you, and you're doing the work. Do you hear me? So let's, let's get into anxiety. Okay. Okay. So this, this, this hits home for me. Um, anxiety is something that I've personally been working through as well. And, you know, when I got my master's degree, I thought I knew, like, hey, I knew the signs. Like, I really don't have anxiety. But it wasn't until here, about three years ago, I'm like, okay, the persistent worrying, the fears about everyday situations, you know, the intense, the excess worrying about, it just best describes what anxiety feel like. Right. Um, I do understand now the anxiety just doesn't just disappear, you know. People have to be able to identify the signs of anxiety. Let's talk about that. What are some signs that a person may be experiencing anxiety and what should be the next steps of trying to get diagnosed and get some help? Yeah, definitely. Um, So anxiety really looks different for different people. I think it's something that, can kind of creep up on us silently that we might be carrying around for a long time and not even realize we're dealing with it because mm-hmm. it really does look different for, you know, each person. And when you struggle with anxiety for a long time, you kind of just think that that is just like a natural way of living. Like, Oh, this is just life. And then, you know, you realize one day like, Oh no, I'm not supposed to feel like this. Mm-hmm. So some of the things to look for, um, the symptoms are like uh, sweaty palms, um, heart palpitations or rapid heartbeat, um, ruminating or just constantly having those racing thoughts and thinking of the same scenarios over and over in your mind. And, um, sometimes people will play out things in their minds, like all the different options of how something can go wrong in their mind, Mm -hmm. Uh, worst case scenario. Um, another thing that I feel like gets missed a lot is Sometimes when people have anxiety, it impacts our relationships with other people. So Mm -hmm. because anxiety may make you more avoidant. So you may be invited to gatherings with friends and family and they might think like, oh, well, you never show up or you don't come out. And it doesn't mean you don't want to connect with those people. But those anxious thoughts that you're having might make you avoid those. And you may think about, you know, all of the things that you have to do to make something happen socially. And that'll mm-hmm. cause you to just say, you know what, I'm not going or mm-hmm. you know, canceling at the last minute. Um, you know, something that I hear a lot of my clients talk about is just 
all of the thoughts in their mind and, and the cognitive distortions where these things come to your mind and it's like almost like it's in your own voice. So you just believe it to be true rather yeah. than thinking like, oh no, those are worst case scenarios. Like anxiety will really make you believe that all these bad things that you can come up with in your mind, that those are the things that are going to happen. And there's so many different types, you know, it could be general anxiety, but people also experience social anxiety. A lot of people experience, um, you know, bouts of dissociation where they feel like they're watching this themselves from the outside looking in and, mm -hmm. um, you know, panic attacks and all those things. So it really, it really is not one size fit all. Um, so to answer the other part of your question, like if you are experiencing those things, definitely the first thing you should do is to make an appointment with your primary care doctor so that they can rule out any medical issues that could be causing any symptoms that kind of mirror something that might be anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and then once that happens, then you should uh, meet with a therapist so that you can start talking through and just processing like whatever dialogue is going on in the background of your mind. Um, because that's really what feeds all of those things is the fears that we have that we haven't really tapped into and, and processed. Because sometimes people don't don't process those things out loud or they don't have a person to talk to. Because how many times have we, you know, discussed fears with someone and they say, oh, girl, just stop, just stop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I pray. Look, just pray about it. Pray on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know, I know. Um, so life with anxiety, how do you, how do you properly manage that? Or what tips or things you can think of, of how someone can manage their day to day with anxiety? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've struggled with anxiety pretty much my entire life. So I can't even remember a time where it wasn't, uh, rolling in the background. <laughs> I've realized that like some of the things when it comes to anxiety and being able to help yourself to manage it, since it doesn't just go away, yeah. is really, really just getting in touch with yourself. And that means like identifying your triggers. That's one of the first things that you will work through in therapy is identifying the triggers. Not yeah. so that you can run from things, but just so that you can kind of be aware of what things really make you have that heightened sense of fear and that you know, that fight or flight kicks in where you're like, oh, I either have to run or, you know, I have to do something. What is what is getting you to those spaces? Um, another thing is you really have to be careful with yourself in that anxiety can be very draining for a lot of us. So, mm -hmm. you know, on the outside looking in, it might look like, oh, well, you know, you're not doing anything special. But it's like, no, when you're when you have anxious thoughts, it's really draining. So you have to make sure you're getting enough rest at night. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Make sure that you are doing things that actually make you happy and things that make you feel like you. So as much as we have to work hard, we have to do our jobs, we have to study or whatever it is that we're doing, we also have to make sure that we're carving out time for the things that make us feel like us. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it, this may sound crazy, probably not to you. You, you're a therapist. You get it. <laughs> but I, it was some points in my life where I would have to slow down and pay attention to how I feel, 
how my yep. body feels, how my heart is beating. And when you are so busy, you have, you know, you're in your career, you have goals, mom, you know, all these different roles. That's a challenge itself just to slow down and just, you know, take a moment to see and check how, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? You know, why am I getting a panic attack? just because I have a to-do list today. So those are the things that are super important that I think sometimes it becomes normal and we don't slow down to just take a moment to realize. Absolutely. I agree. We definitely need to be checking in with ourselves. And whenever you say that to someone like, um, you know, have you checked in with yourself lately? They look at you like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? But I mean, sometimes it really does take for you to kind of switch yourself as if you're two different people. You know, you have your whole being that's walking and living and doing things throughout the day to day. But then you also have that other part of you that has to check in with you because Mm -hmm. you're just running this race. And who, you know, who who is going to ask those questions? Yeah, absolutely. So, Jamie, you have a self-discovery journal. Yes. Tell (laughs) us about that. Tell us about your journal. Okay. So. Self-discovery journal, that's something that I created actually um, when I was working as an inpatient therapist in a treatment facility. So I would run a process group and I would run a DBT group for dialectical behavioral therapy. So Mm -hmm. for the process group, it really would just give people an opportunity to talk about um, the things that they're experiencing emotionally so that they can start to get those feelings out. Um, so I, I noticed like, it's really difficult for some people to open up in a room where they know there's a bunch of strangers essentially. Mm -hmm. So I started writing questions that are based in self-discovery. I would cut them up on a piece of paper and I -hmm. would put them in a basket and I would say, here, everybody pick one blindly. It's balled up. You don't know what the question is going to be. Uh So when they would get the question, they would open it and and a lot of times people would start crying and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry I didn't make you cry, mean to make you cry. What's wrong? And they're like, this question was for me. Like, this is a question that I need. And it really, I, I felt like it was really helpful in breaking the ice and allowing people to just kind of answer questions about themselves and just speak freely and not feel like they had to be anything in particular, but just really be authentic. Because nobody's answers are going to be the same when it comes to self-discovery is really going to depend on you and where you are on your personal journey. Um, So I decided to make a journal um, and I put a bunch of questions in there because a lot of times when, you know, with CBT, one of the techniques that people use is journaling. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I would ask clients like, okay, do you journal? And they'll say, no, I would like to, but I don't really, I don't know where to start or I don't know what to talk about. So I decided to put, um, you know, questions and then there's a bunch of blank space for you to just be able to write whatever you want. This is pretty much your story about you, Um, you know, so the questions are to get you started and really just thinking about things that maybe no one's asked you or maybe you've never asked yourself before. Yeah, that's that's awesome, because a lot of people don't they don't know where to start. So those questions are helping them by allowing them to think through, you know, the answers. And that's therapy within itself sometimes, just to sit back and reflect. So, Jamie, tell us, where can we purchase your journals? And also, 
let them let the audience know where they can follow you, where they can um, join your journey as well. Yes, yes. So my self-discovery journal is available on Amazon for purchase. Um, and also you can find me on Instagram at Talk is Therapy LLC. Um, that's my Instagram handle. There's also a link in my bio to purchase the journals there. I have two different ones. One was the first one I made. And then the second one actually has more questions in it than the first one. Cause I figured I would give some more, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Jamie, I had a great time speaking with you. Um, you are doing, you are doing God's work, girl. Okay. Thank you you so much. (laughs) It's needed. And it's people like you that are doing the educational background that's getting knowledgeable and becoming an expert in these fields. And I'm proud of you. Again, I know I said that before, but you're working hard, sis. No, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No problem. Jamie, before I let you go, I want you to leave a key piece of advice. If you can just, if it's someone out there listening, what is your key piece of advice to them? If it can be anything, okay. what would you tell them? If I could tell you anything, I would say to listen to the inner dialogue that you have going on in your mind and mm-hmm. listen to how you feel when you're in different spaces. Think about when you're around certain people, does it make you feel good? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel more stressed when you uh, speak to certain people? When you get a phone call or a text message from this person or that person, how does it make you feel? And just trust that inner dialogue that you have. Trust what's in your gut so that you can always do what's best for you and just kind of tune out what everybody else is saying in that moment and do what's best for yourself. I like that. On that note, Jamie, I'm going to let you go. Again, thank you for having this great talk with me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Again, thank you so much, Jamie, for coming by to talk to us about mental health. Mental health, again, is super important. Take time to understand and to be in tune with how you truly feel. Depression and anxiety, they are illness, okay? And they need treatment. It's so many available resources out there. Jamie is a great resource and she's working to become even better in the field of mental health. Know that you're not alone and it's help and resources available to help you on this journey. All right, but Until next time, I'll see you later and we'll have a greater talk soon.